Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever you are listening to this, I hope it finds you in fantastic health. My name is Jordan McLean, and I am here to let you know that the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Episode 15, we in this thing, baby. <laughs> How are y'all doing this week? Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Not only this week, but every week. I thank you guys for helping me live out my dreams, man. I say it so much because it's the, it's the absolute truth. I get to live my dreams anytime I sit behind this microphone. And anytime you guys click play, just to hear me talk my shit. I list I, I I get to live my dreams, so thank you so much. It is uh it's honestly my privilege to do what I'm doing. To sit here and do this podcast almost every week and to now be expanding this podcast over to YouTube for those who don't know I'm doing some stuff over on YouTube now. That link will be in the description so you can go subscribe if you want to. Um <clears throat> but yeah, man, it's, it's, I do it because number one, I love it. I wouldn't do anything that I don't love. And number two, the most important thing, and I think this is my message this week for you guys. I do so much. Someone asked me recently, why do I do so much? And am I burning myself out and wearing myself thin? I do so much because not only do I love doing what I do, but I'm also preparing myself. You honestly never know in this business, the entertainment business, specifically professional wrestling, when a phone call is going to come. You don't know. You don't know when a phone call is going to come and you don't know what you are going to be needed for. So... As the old African-American proverb goes, stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. You know, I I, I don't know who out there is, is listening to this podcast. I don't know who's going to go to my YouTube channel and watch that video. But I want to say I've mentioned on here before, you know, not getting caught up in the numbers because that one listen, you can be doing a podcast and only get one listen. And you'll be so damn discouraged, man. But that one listen, you don't know who that listen is. That could be somebody at one of these major companies who just happened to stumble across your podcast. Those two views on that video that you put out, man, that could be the two views that will end up changing your life altogether. This week, and we're going to talk about it more in the um, mainstream news segment, but this week, you know, a lot of people got that call. A lot of people were announced to have signed, uh, in particular with WWE, they're reporting to the Performance Center, but there were some major switch-ups that we never thought were going to happen in the wrestling world as well. And I can't help but look at all those people and say to myself, one thing that they all had in common is that they were prepared. They stayed ready, they stayed sharp, they stayed out here killing the game. 
to make sure that when and if that call came for them, they were ready to accept it. And with a lot of, with these signings typically, with these signings and things that happen uh, every year, maybe twice a year, (laughs) there's always this conversation uh, among indie wrestling supporters that there's no one left on the indies. You know, there, there, there's no one left to, uh, to, to raise the flag for independent pro wrestling. And that's just simply not true. It's not true. And I know that it's not true because I know plenty of independent wrestlers who are out here busting their ass, who are out here grinding, who are out here making sure that they stay ready so that if the call comes, they are ready. They don't have to scramble and say, oh man, I, I, I wasn't prepared for this. If this is something that you want to do, you have to stay prepared for it. You got to stay working. It don't matter what you do. I'm not just talking to independent wrestlers here. I'm talking to the managers, the referees, the commentary people. I'm talking to the interviewers. I'm talking to the hosts. I'm talking to the podcasters. You never know when your number will be called and what your number will be called for. So plain and simple, flat out, you have to be prepared for that. That's why I do this podcast almost every week. That's why I'm now trying to jump back into YouTube. That's why I'm doing this and doing that and doing the third so I can prove to people so that I have proof that I can do whatever is needed of me, that I am ready to do whatever is needed of me because I'm doing it now. Stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. It's that plain and simple. All these signings just happened, and that's fantastic. I'm so I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a a performance center class come in where I knew so many of the people going in. I knew their names. I knew what they had been doing, and that says to me, because if you look at the class, man, all these people come from so many different walks of life and so many different paths. All these people, some of these people have been wrestling for a few years. Some of these people have been wrestling for a decade. I want to say there may be one or two people who has who, who don't even come from a background in wrestling. There's some second generation superstars in there. All these people come from all these different backgrounds and all these different platforms and all these different experience levels, but they all landed in the same place. And the one thing that all of these people have in common is that they were ready. I like to use this segment to talk specifically to independent wrestlers because I know that a lot of independent wrestlers listen to me. First of all, I humbly thank you for that. I'm telling you guys, stay ready because you don't know who's watching you and you don't know when your your ticket is going to be punched. You don't know when your number will be called to come on board and do anything. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready.
I, I have to keep reiterating that because so many people get defeated, man. And so many people feel like it's never going to happen for them. And you know what I mean? Whatever the case may be. Like I said, man, there are some people who just, they just signed to WWE with this new class. They've been in the business for about a decade. It might take you 10 years. It might take you two years. But one thing is for certain. You cannot give up. You cannot be out here getting defeated and feeling like it's never going to happen for you. You can't give up because right when you give up, for all you know, the miracle that you were waiting on could be two minutes away. If you give up right this second and you say, I quit, I'm done, I'm announcing that I'm done with Twitter, or I'm announcing that I'm done with wrestling. I get on Twitter, make the big announcement and all that good stuff. And then you turn your phone off. Who's to say that the email that you were waiting on is not being sent right that second? And because you're mad and frustrated because so-and-so is getting signed and you know you want it to be signed by now, but it's just not happening for you, how do you know? How do you know who's watching you? I want to say that's the story with one of the performers that just got signed, Anthony Henry. I want to say a few months ago, Anthony Henry was talking about retiring, leaving wrestling altogether. Now he signed to the WWE. Right when you get ready to break down, that'll be your breakthrough. I encourage every single one of you to stay ready, stay vigilant, keep at it, and keep working. Keep working. I ain't saying just take a booking just for the sake of fucking taking a booking. What I am saying, though, is that if you are not booked somewhere, you know you could be working on your promos. You need to be working on getting better gear. You need to be uh, making sure that you are in the gym as much as humanly possible to make sure that your conditioning is where it needs to be and to make sure that your body is where it needs to be because you don't know when your email is going to ring ding dong and it's going to be an email saying, we would like for you to come in for a tryout we would like for you to come in for a one-off spot on tv we would like for you to come in as enhancement talent we would listen the opportunity is the opportunity y'all you can't get so caught up in shoulda coulda woulda i wish i want i this i that just stay prepared because in this day and age you don't know when or where the opportunity to do something major is going to come. And that's not to say everyone's going to make it. That's not to say everyone's going to make it to WrestleMania and be able to main event WrestleMania year in and year out. That That's unfortunately a dream that not a lot of people are going to realize. But you don't ever know where your dream is going to take you. You just got to be ready to be there. Stay vigilant, stay ready, be on your shit, y'all, because the world is changing every day. 
So let's get off into some of this mainstream news this week, ladies and gentlemen. This is the segment of the show where I talk about some of the big news that has come out from the major promotions, mostly WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling. I talk about the news that has come out for the week, and we got a lot to talk about this week, apparently. So let's go ahead and try to get this, knock this thing right on out. The biggest news, no pun intended, this week, I think, is that Paul White, who we all know as the Big Show, is officially All Elite. Paul White is signed with uh, All Elite Wrestling. It just feels like Paul White and AEW woke up and chose chaos for the timeline, man. So, apparently, this is just what's been reported. I don't have any inside track. I did not confirm anything. But what's being reported is that the way this went down was Big Show's contract in the WWE was coming up and he wanted a new contract. He wanted to uh, obviously be used a little bit more within the WWE, but apparently WWE only offered him a Legends contract, which is not a bad contract to have. It just was not as good as the contract that he wanted. So... Plain and simple, it seems like it was a money issue. Big Show wanted his money. WWE did not want to give him the money that he wanted. So he dipped. I'm I'm assuming the only reason he would dip is that Tony Khan was offering him what he wanted. Um, I, I think it was just shocking because we all kind of considered Big Show, or at least we thought that that Big Show would be a lifer. With WWE, you know, he started in WCW, came to WWE in 1999, so he's been with them for, uh, what, 22 years. And I think all of us kind of figured that Big Show would retire from WWE and take a Legends contract, come back on a part-time basis, or simply be an ambassador. He's been a fantastic ambassador all these years for uh, for WWE. So I think it kind of shocked everybody first that he left WWE. And then it shocked everyone that uh, not only did he leave WWE, but he went to AEW, who for all intents and purposes is direct competition for WWE. Um, now, as reported by AEW, he will be in the ring. He will be an active performer, but he will also be on commentary for AEW's new show. That's what we're going to jump into now. We're talking about AEW Dark Elevation, I believe the name of it is. Yes, AEW Dark Elevation is a new uh, YouTube series that AEW has. It's basically going to be an extension of AEW Dark. Um, Reportedly, they're going to be bringing in some indie talent, which is why I said in the previous segment, you know, stay ready so you ain't got to get ready, child, because apparently AEW wants to put more of a spotlight on indie wrestlers. Here's my thing with all of this. First of all, shocked as hell that Big Show uh, went to AEW, but if you feel like you still have value, And Big Show does have value, regardless of how people feel. There were obviously a lot of people saying, oh, Big Show, here's AEW signing WWE guys and signing the older guys. Listen, man, there is value in learning and listening to and watching the old timers, regardless of what anybody may think. Big Show's been doing this longer than a lot of wrestlers who are getting signed have been alive. 
That's something that we don't think about. Sting, is, it, it, I would put Sting in that same category. Are they past their prime years? Absolutely. And I don't think that's something that they will not acknowledge. But if they still have something to give, then I say, why not utilize them? There's nothing like, listen, y'all know that I got uh, our culture pro wrestling popping off. And I'm not going to say his name because he, I don't know that he wants to be out there like that. But I have an OG who is giving me advice on what I need to do with um, OCPW and how I need to go about things. Someone who is in some Hall of Fame, someone who's pretty well known in the area. So, you know, I think that um, having these guys and girls for that matter around is very valuable. People are so used to just seeing the talent get younger and younger and a whole different style of wrestling is moving to the forefront. But I think that there is still value and there will always be value in having the OGs around. When you look at, for example, Team Taz, you know, Taz is very much considered an OG. Taz has not been a uh, regular in-ring performer in I don't know how many years, but look at what he's doing with Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs and uh, um, over uh, on AEW with Team Taz. You know what I mean? You can't tell me that he's not in their ear behind the scenes telling them what they should and should not do, helping them as an OG. And I think Big Show has that same sort of aspect to him. Even if he's not a regular in-ring performer, he still has... Um, a wealth of knowledge. He's like I said, he's been in the business so long. Big Show has probably forgotten more than a lot of them guys at AEW even know. So I think that it'll do some good to still have an uh, an OG like Big Show on the roster. With this show AEW Dark Elevation in particular, I'm hesitant on it just because it does not seem to be any different than AEW Dark. From what I understand, it doesn't seem like they're going to be doing anything different. They just simply want another program. I, I don't really know. Honestly, There, I have not read enough information about it to really give an opinion on the program. I'm going to watch it when it comes on just to see if there's anything different than the typical AEW Dark. I am worried, however, that uh, reportedly this is going to be a YouTube show. I'm worried that AEW, I'm, I'm worried that the majors in general, mostly WWE and AEW, they're so focused on catering their product to a certain demographic. And they do that by implementing these independent guys. I worry, because we also got um, got confirmation that WWE will have another program as well. It's basically going to, this program is going to be basically what NXT started out as, developmental. So since NXT has gone up in in status, they'll now have another show where they can utilize the talent that they have. And that show is going to be somewhat developmental as I took it. But for me, developmental should not, we shouldn't be worried about TV if it's developmental. 
I understand getting these uh, these men and women in front of a camera and getting these men and women some experience in doing that. But I personally believe developmental should be developmental. I'm worried that uh, AEW Dark Elevation and uh, WWE, what are they calling it? I believe NXT Evolve or something along them lines. I worry that these two programs will outshine the independence because they're going to go out of their way or at the very least AEW Dark Elevation has explicitly said that they are going to bring in independent talent. I don't think the the new WWE show would do that because they have a whole host of talent there anyway that they're not using. So why would they bring in independent talent for one-offs um, especially when they do that on regular NXT programming and 205 Live and things like that. So I just worry that these extra shows that the big promotions are putting out are going to outshine and overshadow the independent promotions and not just the big ones. If these, But if these shows end up outshining the Ring of Honors and the MLWs of the world, the really small independence, your local independent that's, you know, 20 minutes from your house, 30 minutes from your house, what chance does it stand? I I don't know. That could just be me being pessimistic. You guys, make sure you let me know. You can always uh, follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Jordan McClain. Let's talk about it. Let's have that conversation of what do these extra shows and what does this sort of focus on uh, the independent scene, what is that going to do to the actual independence? What, what is that going to do to just your regular, everyday um, independent scene? Now, <clears throat> let's move on to this new performance center class. So this past week, we got the announcement that... There was a new class of competitors coming into the WWE Performance Centers, as they do every year, maybe even twice a year. I want to say that they do it twice a year. Um, But this was their largest class, and I think this was probably their most well-known class. We got a lot of big names in this class. Here are just a couple of people that we got. We got Bronson Rex Steiner, a.k.a. Bronson Steiner. He is the son of former WCW and WWE Tag Team Champion Rick Steiner, making him the nephew of Scott Steiner. We got Kira Magnin. I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing her name wrong. Kira Magnin Forster, better known to the world as Taya Valkyrie, a 10-year veteran of the Squared Circle, most known for being, I believe she's the longest TNA Knockouts champion. I do believe that that is a title that she holds. Of course, WWE is not acknowledging that, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. We got Sean Ricker, also known as Eli Drake. Although he has already debuted on NXT TV as L.A. Knight. We got Angela Arnold, a.k.a. AQA, studied up under Booker T. She's a fantastic performer. If you guys do not know who she is, go out of your way to look up some AQA matches. She is a fantastic performer. I believe she was the first, she was a part of the first women's steel cage match at ROW, something along those lines. We have Parker Boudreaux, I wanted to say Bordeaux, but that would be Scarlet. Boudreaux, 
He is a six foot four, three hundred pound offensive lineman for the University of Central Florida. According to WWE, he has caught the eye of Paul Heyman on social media. I think just looking at him, there's definitely a Brock Lesnar comparison there. Uh, Anthony Henry, who I mentioned in the last segment, well-known independent legend standout. Um, now we're going to move on to talking about, if my phone would act correctly, Christian Brigham, a.k.a. Christian Casanova, someone that I absolutely love. Fantastic performer. That dude has money written all over him. Priscilla Kelly, who is going by Gigi Dolan. I believe she's already debuted on uh, NXT TV as well. Christian Hubel, Hubble. I know him as Blake Christian. Again, another fantastic performer and absolute money. That's all I'm going to talk about, though, as far as this class, though. There's a host of other people. If you want, just go to any WWE social media and they'll tell you about most of the class. A fantastic class. A really, really fantastic class. I'm excited for this class. This class makes me want to watch WWE again because... As I said in the previous segment, I know so many of these people by name. I know who they are. Um, And I'm really excited to see what they present. It's going to be great, I think, seeing Taya Valkyrie. I don't know if they'll keep her as Taya Valkyrie. Um, But it's going to be fantastic seeing her in a WWE setting because she's she's a phenomenal wrestler. Um, I'm kind of hesitant on her being at the Performance Center and possibly being in NXT. I would think she's ready for the main roster, but hey, WWE is going to do what WWE wants to do, and that's perfectly fine. I'm also really excited for Christian Casanova and Blake Christian. Both of those guys, man, I talked about them on the podcast before. I may have talked about them on episode 14. Fantastic performers. Absolutely outstanding. Shining stars. I believe uh, Christian Casanova has potential to be the next big superstar in WWE, and I'm not just talking like any old run-of-the-mill, oh yeah, he's a WWE superstar. No, I'm talking Roman Reigns, John Cena-level superstar. Blake Christian has that ability as well because that dude is a human highlight reel. Absolutely fantastic class. I'm really excited to see what these people are going to do. You guys let me know what you feel. How do you feel uh, about all these people going into the WWE getting signed? Are you excited to see them? Are you not happy? Did your favorite independent wrestler not get signed? Go ahead and let me know, as always, on social media or wherever you're listening to this. If you can let me know, let me know how you feel. Now we're going to go into some uh, black excellence. So this past week on Impact Wrestling, I believe it was this past week. It may have been last week because I did take a week off. Um... Scott DeMore in Impact Wrestling officially made Moose's TNA Heavyweight Championship a World Championship. So technically, now, we do have two black world champions in Impact Wrestling. I'm pretty sure that's the first time in Impact's history that they have two black world champions at the same time. Um, And... You know, we cannot forget the good sisters, Tasha Steeles and uh, Kiara Hogan as the knock as the knockouts tag team champions, the first black knockouts tag team champions 
Impact is doing a great job over there with their diversity. They're really telling some compelling stories from what I can tell. Um, and I'm really excited. I'm excited. I love Moose. Moose is very underrated. He's, he's really been a flag bearer for, uh, Impact Wrestling for a number of years now. I think without Moose, Impact would have had a hard time coming back from some rough moments. So, you know, let's give Moose his flowers. Of course, let's give Rich, which, uh, Swan, excuse me, his flowers. And, Let's give uh, Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles their flowers as well. Now, the big thing this week, the thing that really made me kind of tear up. I got a little misty-eyed, y'all. I'm not even going to lie to you. We found out on WWE SmackDown that Bianca Belair has chosen Sasha Banks as her WrestleMania opponent. This will be the first time that two black women have fought for a major championship at WrestleMania. If I'm not mistaken, somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. Hit me up on social media and let me know. But I do also believe this is the first time two black people have fought for any championship at WrestleMania. It's a big fucking deal. Y'all know I like to give I like to uh give credit where credit is due, man, and you know, this kind of thing, it honestly just sitting here thinking about it now, I'm getting goosebumps at how good that match is going to be and how important that match is to the history of not just women's wrestling, but professional wrestling altogether. I want people to really take stock and understand just how important that match is and how significant it's going to be because I feel it could very well in the year of black blackness in professional wrestling. I feel like that match could potentially, it definitely has the potential to really turn the corner for black performers in professional wrestling. I don't want to put too much on those ladies shoulders because they already have enough, but I can tell you 1000% Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. I'm watching that. And I have a feeling all of y'all are going to be watching too. And I have a feeling it's going to be the same emotions. It's going to be emotions on the same level as Kofi Mania. I'm probably going to cry. Not even going to hold y'all, man. Because like I said, just the announcement of it. And, and I think we all kind of saw it coming. We all knew that it was coming. But knowing that it's actually going to happen. And knowing that these two black women really, when when all things considered, these are the perfect people to do this. You know what I mean? But I I I hope that um, I hope that they do it big. I hope that they make it significant. I hope that um, we get some good packages out of this. I hope we get to see you know Jacqueline and Jazz. We probably won't get to see Jazz. I think Jazz is an impact now, but um. You know, just thinking about Jacqueline and Jazz and all the other black women who came even before them that we may not even really, you know, hear about as far as the history of black women in professional wrestling. This this is it's it's a fantastic moment. It's a fantastic moment, man. It's so great to 
see this kind of thing, hear this kind of thing, know that this kind of thing is going to happen in my lifetime. I believe Stephanie Hardy of the uh, the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, big shout out to her, said that that was one of the things that that was how she felt when she had that experience of, of watching this announcement happen. You know, she kind of felt like she didn't think this would happen in her lifetime. And if that is the case, if I do remember that correctly, Stephanie, girl, I didn't think it would happen in my lifetime either. Let's talk about the Indies, kids. First up, we're talking GIPWN with a bang available right now on Fight TV. Super excited to talk about this show. Y'all know it's one of my personal favorite shows. Let's waste no further time and jump right into it. Let me acknowledge, uh, first of all, GIPW's in a new location. I see you, GIPW. I see you. So we begin our show with tag team action. Divine Intervention taking on the Menagerie. The match started with uh the match started very back and forth in the opening moments before Divine Intervention gained control. I've really been enjoying this feud because these two teams they tear it up every single time they get in the ring. The Menagerie gets the win via disqualification with this one and this was a super solid opening matchup i think it done a great job of giving the crowd hype because they were definitely into this match from the very beginning there was enough back and forth for the crowd to be roped in and i think the crowd likes this feud as much as i do so they wanted to be invested in it it's a beautiful thing to see crowds want to be invested into something i i know too many people in today's world who are in no way shape or form in the business but they know so much about being in the business so it's good to see to me at least it's good to see crowds that still want to be in it you know what i mean they don't care to know you know, the backstage nonsense. They don't care to look behind the curtains. They just come to wrestling because they want to enjoy the wrestling. And I think GIPW's crowd is one of those crowds uh, in particular that is uh, that is generally like that. Next up, we've got the Ghost, Eric Silva, taking on Sean Angelo Montana. These two have been developing quite the feud over in GIPW. It's great to see because I love both of them as performers. We begin this matchup with a very fired up Silva uh, jumping Sean. Sean Montana had his ribs bandaged and Silva did what needed to be done. He took advantage of that target. You know, they say it all the time. Um, if you have a, uh, a, a bandaged up portion of your body going into a match, you basically have a target for your opponent. So Silva did what needed to be done, took a great advantage of Sean Montana's ribs. I love heel Eric Silva. I really do. He took Sean Montana out to be right next to his family and attacked him. And I want to... compliment Tyree on uh, commentary. He played it beautiful on commentary by egging him to just stay down and stop fighting. This is one of the matches I've been talking about in the past few episodes. This match just worked. Everything about this match worked. 
I also told y'all that Sean Montana is an amazing seller. He's amazing at selling. I say that. I feel like every time I talk about him. And this was some of his best work. Silva. Silva by himself is a fantastic performer, I think. But Sean Montana's selling made him look absolutely phenomenal. It made him look so ruthless in this match. I don't know, y'all. I really, watching this match, I really think Sean Montana might be one of the best performers in the South. There are people who are on much bigger platforms that I personally believe Sean Montana is better than. That, like, no cap. If that's out on a limb, then that's the limb that I'm out on. I think Sean Montana might be one of the best performers in the South. I'll, as a matter of fact, I'll even say it about both of them. Sean Montana and Eric Silva. This match alone gives them both an argument that they are two of the best performers in the South. I truly, truly believe that. Eric Silva wins this match via referee stoppage, which was a fantastic move in and of itself. We don't actually get to see that, you know, that often. Sean Montana comes out looking like the biggest goddamn underdog in the country. This crowd hates Silva, like hates him. This all around, this was just so damn good. This was so good. It set up their next match per, uh, perfectly. It's it's just so damn good. It was so good, man. Next up, we've got Skrilla the Great taking on Dream Girl Ellie in GIPW's first ever mixed gender matchup. I cannot tell a lie. This is a match that I was really excited for. I'm not going to pull the curtain back too far, but I, I'll just say that. This was a match that I was really, really excited to see. <laughs> in my notes, and I distinctly remember this moment, all I have written in my notes here is, Ellie slapped the dog shit out of that man. Do you hear me? <laughs> when I first, when I was watching it, I had the right scribble, and I said, yo, she slapped the hell out of you, dog. <laughs> Ellie slapped the hell out of me. Listen, I ain't gonna hold y'all. Ellie slapped the dog shit out of that man. Uh, <laughs> this match, though, was, it was very back and forth, and I love that. Ellie got in some damn good offense, um, against Skrilla, particularly, uh, there was a pedigree pile driver situation that she did that I really, really enjoyed. It, it made me sit up in my seat and really, you know, like, ooh, it, it popped me a little bit. So, after a very nasty right hand... Skrilla picked up the win. I, she slapped the hell out of him, y'all. <laughs> Skrilla picks up the win. And I really love what they put together with this match. A lot of mixed gender matches are too much of a gimmick kind of match. They don't actually showcase the talent of two people. It's more so they just want to move along, you know, the story of uh, one competitor, in particular the male competitor. But that's not what I got from this one. You know what I mean? This was this one did really well in showcasing the talent of both people. And uh, I'm not going to hold y'all. All I'm saying is if you're going to do something unorthodox like a mixed gender matchup, 
at least do it correctly. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Next up, we've got triple threat action. Big Velvet taking on Tony James, taking on Luke Stone. There wasn't a whole lot to this match because, again, I've said it in the past couple of episodes, this is one of those kind of matches where you just, it's just fuck it, balls to the wall, just watch it for yourself. It was a very good match, but that that was definitely this type of match. Here are a couple of highlights. There's a table. They got a, a This Is Awesome chant for a little bit. Tony James was the personification of big motherfuckers doing big motherfucking shit. So I may not say much about this match, but it was a very, very fun match to watch. Next up, we've got everybody's favorite stepfather, Roma Miller, taking on Blanco Loco in a double debut for GIPW. This is a great back and forth match, and I think both men made the most of their debuts. This was my first time seeing Blanco Loco in action. I've seen his name uh, on plenty of flyers, but I, I this was my first time actually watching him in action, and I liked what I saw of him. I'm really excited to... Uh, find more of both him and Dream Girl Ellie and see what they're about in both tag team and singles competition. I've mentioned it before. I'll mention it again because that's what I do. Roma Miller has fantastic expression. I can see the growth he's made in about the past year or so. I think it's been about a year since Roma Miller has been on my radar. And I've seen the growth that he has made. I'm really, really proud of him for that. I haven't gotten the chance to have a full conversation with him. But he definitely strikes me as the type to actually want to get better. I've been seeing him in a few promotions in Jordan, uh, in Georgia excuse me, and Alabama. So good on him. I think he's really focused on getting better, really trying to get better. And um, y'all know I love to see that in, in performers actually trying. Blanco Loco wins this one. But like I said, it was a great showing for both of them. And I hope we get to see more of both of them in GIPW. Next up, we've got Exotic Youth, the Exotic Youth, taking on the West Coast Kings for the tag team titles. Y'all already know what time it is. Whenever my boys are in this thing, especially in front of a hot crowd, all work becomes easy work. This match started hotter than chicken grease on my stove. Aaron Black, this was his first show back, and he came back with a vengeance. I think what I love most about this match and this feud altogether is that you can tell that these guys actually love doing this and they actually love working together. I've said it before and I'll use this match and this feud as an example. When you love what you put together, it comes across very easy. The crowd was into this match. I was into this match and I promise you, that was because the talent was into what they were doing. They had a lot of back and forth moments, a lot of big moments. And ultimately, West Coast Kings retained after a surprise victory. Some craziness pops off after the match. I'm not going to go into details. You got to get your behind over to Fight TV and see what's happening and how it's happening and how it is setting up for the future. 
and not just the next show, but possibly the next few shows coming after. Next up, we've got Rob Killjoy taking on Renegade Enforcer. Have y'all ever seen a freight train hit a puppy? Me neither. But that's what I thought when I seen this matchup. As soon as I seen this match, I thought this was going to be a straight up mauling, a molly whopping, an ass whooping, if you will. I will admit, I was wrong. Rob Kiljoy actually got fantastic offense against Renegade, probably more offense than I've ever seen anybody get on Renegade Enforcer thus far. There were a couple of times where it looked like Rob Kiljoy would even get the win in this match. Alas, y'all know how this game ends. Renegade Enforcer, big motherfuckers doing big motherfucking shit. Renegade gets the win in this match and continues forward on this streak that he's on. If ever someone gets the win over him, it's going to go over huge. That's going to be a big moment if someone is able to uh, definitively beat Renegade Enforcer. We get to our main event. AJ Daniels challenges Mr. Wright for the GIPW Championship. It was pretty hype for this match. I was pretty hyped for this match because I'm growing to know both of these performers. I've talked about AJ on the show before when I spoke about, uh, spoke, really, Jordan? When I spoke about OVW, y'all know I think the world of Mr. Right. I think he's a fantastic performer. Um, so this match was a pretty hyped up main event. I want to give credit to these men because the storytelling of this match was absolutely on point as they usually are with Mr. Wright in particular. AJ's frustration with the referee was a classic way to play this. It did not come off as as there was a heel. It just came off as these were two people who respected each other going into this match, and then AJ just grew frustrated, more and more frustrated because he could not put the champion down. And I... I'm not backstage. I, I'm not behind the curtain. Y'all know who, you know, I'm I'm in the business, but I try to keep myself detached from certain parts of the business because I like going into this not really knowing what's happening. You know what I mean? That's, to me, that's the, that's the magic of professional wrestling, if you will, when, when you can still watch wrestling and get lost in it, even though you know so much about it. Um, especially behind the scenes. When you work behind the scenes long enough, you just kind of pick up on things. And you know that what works for one is probably what's going to work for most as far as how promotions are run and how stories are told. So I don't know who put together this match. I don't know if it was a collaborative effort. I don't know if um, maybe Mr. Wright had just what he wanted to tell in mind. Um, but I'm noticing every match with Mr. Wright has some great storytelling involved. It has some fantastic storytelling involved. And since he is the one in all these matches, I would, I would be hard pressed to say that he's not the one coming up with these, with, with these fantastic moments. 
it's really subtle. You have to really know how to tell a story. Not like, oh, being in the ring and, you know, telling the story in the ring. I mean, just storytelling in general. You know, being a creative mind and being able to tell a, a creative story in general. I say this, I feel like I say it all the time when I'm talking about Mr. Wright. I always compliment the storytelling. Again, he's somebody I have not had the privilege of just holding extended conversations with. But I think it would be safe to assume that since he is the one in all these matches where I'm talking about this fantastic storytelling, he plays a very large part in that storytelling. I can look at his matches and tell his mind is a creative mind. He's he's He has to be because his matches are always put together so fantastically. The storytelling in his matches, they're very subtle, they're very nuanced. If you don't really know how to tell a story in general, if you don't know how to be creative in general, then you would not really catch the just the nuances of his matches. But he does... He, Mr. Wright just does little things that I notice in every match. Just little bitty things that kind of sets his match and his storytelling apart from most of his counterparts that I have seen. This isn't the Mr. Wright love train. I just like giving credit where credit is due. Um, Mr. Wright retained in this matchup. Afterwards, we get... A Skrilla sighting, again, I'm not going to show you, I'm not going to tell you guys what happened. You got to go to Fight TV and see it for yourselves. But overall, fantastic show again from top to bottom. GIPW, as far as I'm concerned, GIPW, they don't miss. Not with me. They do not miss. every Almost every match that I have seen since I started watching GIPW, I think three or four months ago. Every match that I have seen out of GIPW, almost every match that I've seen out of GIPW has been fantastic. Their shows are well put together. They flow really well. So kudos to that team over there, man. Whoever is putting the card together, whoever is is booking this show, they're doing a fantastic job because the shows are so well put together. And um, I'm really enjoying them. And it's easy to watch GIPW. I don't have to worry about this. And this, before anybody says anything, this is no shade to anybody. But I don't have to worry about watching GIPW every single week. You know what I mean? And GIPW is one of those shows that I feel like if I just want to enjoy a wrestling show, if I just want to enjoy what I'm watching, I can turn on GIPW. I don't have to really zero in on anything. GIPW is one of those shows that you can just turn on and enjoy if that's what you want to do. Um, so, excuse me. Yeah, kudos to them, man. Fanta, another fantastic show. In with a bang. Make sure y'all check it out on Fight TV. Now let's talk about Championship Wrestling from Memphis. This is episode one, available right now for free on YouTube. I've been following along with their progress. I'm happy to see that their first show got off the ground. Let's jump right into the review. Our first matchup is Johnny Lyons taking on Brett Michaels. This was a straight-up David versus Goliath matchup. Brett Michaels had a distinct size and strength advantage over uh, Johnny Lyons, but... It didn't stop Lions from trying 
to fight back. Early on, we got a big time, beautiful spine buster and a huge discus lariat. One, two, three, this match was over before you could get in a few bites of your lunch. Next up, we've got DJ Brown taking on Chris Lex. These gentlemen seem to be pretty evenly yoked in the beginning of this matchup. I like the way that they mesh together as far as their styles. Chris Lex performed a beautiful European uppercut on DJ Brown that made me gasp a little bit. I had to take a little step back, you feel me, when when he hit it. I, The only person I know who hits uh, European uppercuts as clean as this one was... Is Cesaro. This was a really, really clean European uppercut. Um, and this match was also pretty fast. Uh, DJ Brown wins with a quick roll-up. Part of that, I think, is due to commentary getting a letter stating that the next week on next week's show, a, quote, king will be in attendance at Championship Wrestling from Memphis. I don't know. There's only one king that I know from Memphis, so we'll have to wait and see. Next up, we've got the Genetic Nightmare, Mike Anthony in action, taking on Big Swole, Justin Cole. The beginning of this match was all Justin Cole showcasing that strength and power that he very clearly possesses. Mike Anthony was a little more ruthless in his offense. He hit Justin Cole with some really, really solid strikes. The fans were very clearly on uh, Justin Cole's side, though. They were affectionately called the Swole Patrol, which I'm on board for. Y'all know I like little cute nicknames for fans and whatnot, you know? So, Swole Patrol really works for me. I dug that this match was more technical and a more calculated pace versus the really fast and intense, super high uh, intensity pace that we got from the first two matches. We ended up getting another surprise roll-up to end this match, though. Justin Cole is your winner, but we get Mike Anthony with a post-match attack. I liked both of these guys, and uh, given the post-match attack, I think something might be developing here. You know, it's episode one. They got to lay the groundwork for, uh, you know, the, the following weeks and months to come. So I think this might be a glimpse of our first uh, our first storyline, our first feud here in championship wrestling from Memphis. Next up, we've got women's action. Y'all know I love me some women's wrestling. Straight from her father's yacht, Selena Dean taking on the golden one, Cassandra Golden. I'm a big fan of Cassandra. I've seen her a handful of times here in Alabama. Um, I believe the last time I saw her was at a New South event. So I know what she's going to do when she gets in the ring. I know that Cassandra is more than capable of holding her own. We get a really good matchup out of these two. I really like Selena Dean uh, for this to be my first time seeing her. She has a very solid uh, mean streak and going up against somebody like uh, Cassandra Golden, who to me is a very natural baby face. Uh, this really only sets Selena Dean up for success. The match was pretty, pretty back and forth for the most part. I think it was a great start to the uh, women's division in championship wrestling for Memphis. Cassandra Golden gets the win in this matchup. And just that fast, ladies and gentlemen, we move on to our main event. Remarkable Ryan Rembrandt takes on Norman Meklakov. 
Ryan Rembrandt is somebody that I'm also pretty familiar with, but I don't think I've gotten a chance to speak about him on the show just yet, so I'm really glad to speak about him. I don't know why. Don't ask me why, because I really could not tell you why. But this match made me think of the golden era of WWE. Back in the late 80s, early 90s, both of these performers felt very old school, very fundamental in the ring and with their matches presentation. I've told people that uh, before privately that I thought that Ryan Rembrandt was sort of a throwback um, to, to, to older, you know, golden era wrestling. Now, before anybody says anything stupid to me, because there's always at least one person that says something stupid to me, that was nowhere near shade. Okay, it's actually a really great thing. I found myself getting more into this match even more because of the old school vibe of it. In today's world, that old school vibe is definitely not the norm, so it stands out among wrestling. This match was all Meklikov, it seemed. Uh, Ryan Rembrandt made plenty of attempts to try and come back on him, but for much of this match, the big Russian was in control with some heavy strikes and some big-time slams. It felt very much textbook from Meklikov as he picked up the win and moves on to round two of the King Cobra Cup. And that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up episode one of Championship Wrestling from Memphis. A very solid opening episode. It had, I think, a great old school vibe. Nothing too crazy or out of the way. Just some good wrestling with some up-and-coming superstars. The presentation was great and straightforward. Commentary, of course, worked well together. Overall, I think it was a great start. Um, now, they, they call it the fastest hour in wrestling and in recording i've just now hit six and a half minutes talking about it so they really didn't lie <laughs> but um you know I, I i'm assuming that the matches are going to get more expanded and 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 have a little more time a little more length as the weeks go on this is just the first episode, you know what I mean? So I'm not expecting, I don't expect any first show, first episode, anything to be fantastic and knock it out of the park. I never expect that. So hopefully we do get some more lengthy matches uh, in here, and I think we will. But uh, overall, it was a fantastic start. It was really great presentation and all. And I look forward to seeing the growth of championship wrestling from Memphis. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you like what you are hearing right now, be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you're listening. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and any number of other podcast apps. Wherever you're listening to this right now, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Also, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Jordan McClain to keep the conversation going. Let's get back to the show.
that's all that I got for you this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 15 of the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. I appreciate you so much for listening. Hey, be sure to follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Jordan McLean. I'm always trying to talk about some good shit on there. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel where I'm going to be talking about even more wrestling. And be sure to keep a lookout for not only this podcast, but our Culture Pro Wrestling. I'm not going to give too much away because I don't want to jinx anything, but things are looking up for us. I will say that. All right. So once again, be sure to follow me on social media at Mr. Jordan McLean. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Jordan Terrell TV, where I will be talking about even more wrestling and be on the lookout for our culture pro wrestling. You can follow that. We got social media pages for that, too. You feel me? Facebook, Our Culture Pro Wrestling. Instagram, at Our Culture Pro Wrestling. And Twitter, at Our Culture Pro. That's where any and all of that news is going to go first and foremost before it goes to my social media. So be sure to follow those pages as well to make sure you stay up to date on that project. Like I said, fingers crossed, man. If you're a praying person, please send up some prayers. Whatever you do, make sure that it's done in good faith because... We got some good things on the table. We're looking, things are looking up. I'll, and I'll leave it there. Uh, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for helping me live my dreams. My name is Jordan McLean, and I'll see you on the other side.